0: I am Professor Snipe, and this is the Potterhood Podcast with Nico Wright, and Rear Posnan. Poznan. You're here to enjoy the subtle science and exact art of podcasting. As there's a little foolish wand raving here, many of you will hardly believe this is magic. However, for those select few who possess the predisposition, enjoy the show. <laughs> Check, 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 check. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Potterhood Podcast. I'm Nico White. I'm Will Posnan.
1: And this is what episode, man? I think 28, I'm pretty sure.
0: We're pretty sure it's episode 28 of the Quarantine Series of the Potterhood Podcast.
1: Will, Max, how the heck are y'all? Man, today has been a long day for me, but now I'm good. Now you good? Okay. Yes. Max.
2: Uh my day started early, but I took a nap, so I'm not gonna fall asleep during this one.
0: <laughs> and,
2: and you know what's funny?
0: Similar here, I took a nap, my day started early. I got up, I was able to do a couple things, just clean up a little bit. You know what I'm saying? It I, I never really um got that before, like that whole thing about cleaning up early mm-hmm. in the day, just like feeling better about your surroundings. Today was one of those. Got up early, was dead tired. Did a little cleaning up around here. Got turkey and whatnot. Laid down and got got in one of those. I got in one of those naps that like, you know how when you wake up, you know how this for us, like you wake up like you just woke up. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like it was that good of a nap. Like it was arousing how good that nap was, man. <laughs> yeah. So to anybody out there, if you get the nap as well as I get the nap, God bless you. Yeah, I mean, my COVID results came back negative today, too, which means I'm all right for now. So I'm in a good mood today. You know what I'm saying? I'm in a good mood today. Now, that's that's great. I want to thank you all for sticking it out with us. You know what I mean? I hope that everybody's family is okay that's listening to us. I hope none of you have been affected or affected by the things happening outside. And if you are, I want you to know that the fatherhood is um here for you. And we hope that we've been able to provide you with enough fodder to keep you um satiated throughout these weird ass times. We're going into Thanksgiving. What do you want to tell our tell our people, fam? Because this will probably be out this week or right on Thanksgiving. Who knows? Shit.
1: Uh, you know, I think that one of the one of the best wrinkles of this is that all of us are like going into real adulthood. Like, mm-hmm. I love that you did the little cheat code about cleaning early in the day, and then you feel good about yourself all day. Like that's something I just picked up within the last year too. Like there's listeners who are in their late thirties, forties, fifties that are like, their wealth of knowledge is so far beyond ours. And then there's like 20 year olds, 18 year olds that are like, wait, you can clean your place. And it's like,
0: yeah. You get the same, you get the same feeling from like fully cleaning your space is you get from, and I don't know how it was for you when you were like adolescent and whatnot, but like when you talk to a girl on the street and she gives you her number, it's mm-hmm. that type of feeling of accomplishment. Like, oh, I really did this shit. And because I did it this one time, I don't gotta keep doing it. I got yeah. everything I needed. I yeah. got the math. All I gotta do is keep it this way.
1: Now that's exactly what it's like. And I don't know if it, cause I didn't even start experimenting with cleaning my place until I was 25. So I don't, know, I don't know if it would have made me feel the same way before that age, but it definitely does now. Right.
0: 100%. So having said that, we are thankful for the people that listen to the Potterhood podcast, all oh, whatever many thousands of you that listen to us talk our shit week after week for what's going on. Are we two years or a year?
1: We're, we're at a year and change. A year and change.
0: So as we get closer to the two-year mark, we appreciate the hell out of y'all. Thank you for supporting the podcast. Um, we have a Patreon page that you can go check out. We're going to start filling up as, um, you know, as we get more ahead of these episodes, we'll be able to put more in there. So y'all go check that out. We have the tiers set up and all that good stuff. And also let us know what you want to hear. Now, after saying all of the, you know, housekeeping things,
1: Will, who are we sorting? Uh, So- I, I didn't, I know that we were going to do a Draco deep dive. I didn't have somebody to sort. After saying all of those things, uh, man, and a lot happened this week, too. There's some people that How hypothetically. This? How about this? Forget the hypotheticals. It's Thanksgiving. There's three of us. We're all still alive. Let's sort each other. Okay. Uh, uh, that's great. I love that. Let's see. Hmm. <laughs> You know what's funny oh, okay. is Nico has a blue background, I have a red shirt, and Max has a, has green, a green background. background. <laughs> it's like <Yep>. very
0: <laughs> <laughs> you know we all wanna go. But let's let's actually take some time. So I'll we're do We're like um... the
1: Weasleys, like really telegraphing where we were you know that new Weasley showed up to the sorting hat wearing like lion <laughs> outfits and they were wearing yeah. like red head to toe.
0: <laughs> I'm just trying to sway the votes, dog. All right. <laughs> Um, so Will, you have, you can sort me, I'll sort Max, Max, you sort Will.
1: Okay. All right, Uh, I'll start. Okay.
0: I'm going to sort our producer, (laughs) Max Marcus, rightfully into Slytherin. And this is why, right? Max is the most rightfully connected person of the three of us he may be academically more advanced than both will and i and he's never not working i don't know max to do anything but work and raise them goddamn dogs so because of those reasons because you have like four jobs and they're around good people i'm putting you in slithering,
1: but good slithering. yeah okay Good Slytherin. Like, really good Slytherin. He's the Slytherin that gets people shrooms. He's like Slughorn. <laughs> yeah. Well, no. Be-
0: better better than Slughorn because Slughorn does it for his own like, you know, his oh, yeah. own reasons. Max just so happens to end up like that. You know what I'm saying? It's one of those things where you get good people and you put them in good situations. You know what I mean? And they magnetize other good people. So positive Slytherin. Max Marcus, that's where I'm sorting you um all right, i max, think there's an
2: argument you're more connected than i am
0: <laughs> uh, maybe may but you're you're a little younger than me right and poor um act of time active time versus connections i think you're doing pretty good dog yeah <laughs> i think you're doing pretty good
1: so- all right max you want to go next and then i'll end it uh
2: yeah i think uh I mean, we've talked about this before. Where people would go, and where we think we would go, and I do agree that I think you're probably Ravenclaw. I think you make uh, you make the connections uh, that I don't think anyone else would. I think you're like this, like
1: whoever. I'm like Luna. I'm yeah, like a male Luna. <laughs> yeah, like
2: a male Luna. You're like um, whatever. It's like. You're the only one who would be, like, uh, Tom Brady is the whatever of, like, the slughorn of, like, you, you grab <laughs> these things from out of nowhere, and, like, but it and it works. It makes sense.
1: There you go. Uh, thanks. I'm, now That's I'm trying to that. think who Tom Brady would be in Harry Potter. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean, there's definitely James Potter uh, parallels with him. James um,
0: Potter parallels. There's um, Victor Crumb, don't you
1: think? Oh, for sure. But LeBron's more Victor Crumb, because Tom Brady... He was, like, on the bench for a while, and then when he got his opportunity, then he really shined. Um, so a little like Ginny, too. Maybe Ginny's the closest thing to Tom Brady, <laughs> and I don't like either oh, of them, so.
0: <laughs> there you go. And we we sending send Big Will right to Ravenclaw, ladies and gentlemen. So far, Max is in slither. Will is in Ravenclaw, and I'm nervous, but, I right, Will, it's on you. Well,
1: the just school, like one, Ginny, I mean, I feel really good about this. Just like Ginny, and uh, just like James Potter, I would put Nico in Gryffindor, and I wouldn't really think twice about it. Like, I just think that the thing about Nico is that he's not—he's uh, not intimidated by, like, ha- by the situation. I've never seen Nico intimidate, and I but just think that, yeah.
0: Yeah, so you got you got Griffin doing right? because well, I definitely got that Ron-phobia, Big.
1: You got what phobia? That
0: Ron-phobia of spiders.
1: Oh yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah, dog. But I'm not, sorry, but
1: actually. never situations. Let let the listeners know this, Nico. How old were you the first time that you did the Apollo?
0: I was twenty. Shit. When I first like when I first first did it like with my name on the thing.
1: No, just the first time you were on the stage.
0: Oh, um, the first time I went to perform at the Apollo, I had to be, like, 17. The first time I performed there, though, I was 22.
1: Yeah, literally, one of the most intimidating stages in the world, a stage that Dave Chappelle said that when he, at that same age, you know, he, he, like, tripped over himself and was nervous and failed at the Apollo. At that same age, at 17, like... Yeah, I mean, I think Nico is very clearly a a Gryffindor. I think that even in situations where, you know, it is very scary, like at the beginning of the pandemic, I think that even when the things are scary, Nico is still like Neville in the ministry, where it's just like... He's just moving forward and and like living by his code and doing the right thing. So very clear. That's because
0: Will don't get to see what the breakdowns look
1: like, but I'm gonna <laughs> take the fuck out these. <laughs> no, but I think I think that you probably have Neville Neville-esque breakdowns. They're like yes. short bursts, and then you recover from them.
0: Hundred percent. So thank y'all, ladies and gentlemen, the Potterhood Podcaster goes. With, yeah, the Potterhood Podcast, the hosts producer, Assorted As Followers, Will Posner, Ravenclaw, Nico White, Gryffindor, Max Marcus, Slytherin, I.E. Don't fuck with us.
1: Don't fuck you with know, them. We need a Hufflepuff. We, we don't need. need anything. No, but if somebody wants to be our intern and they're a Hufflepuff, <laughs> hit us Nothing up. would make us
0: happier. Just we- a, to a fi- fix that. Nah, <laughs> out, fill out <laughs> everything. Just yeah. to fill out everything. <laughs> so that's sort of another part of hood. Let's get into this deep dive. So we did Albus Dumbledore the last time, right? So this time we're going to do a couple of people. I threw out Draco Malfoy last week. And then I remember we did a, not a deep, deep dive into him where we're doing like a character analysis and all that. But I remember we spoke about Draco way, way when we started the podcast. So it will be interesting to see if anyone's thoughts have changed on Mr. Malfoy at all. Through our time having the podcast and having to reimmerse ourselves in Harry Potter's um, fandom, and I also want to talk about Vernon Dursley and Cho Chang, right? Cool, great. So let's start with um, let's start with Vernon. As a matter of fact, first okay. impressions of Vernon Dursley when you read him, read that yeah, when you read him in the book and when you saw him in the movie. Um, we'll start us off.
1: So, in the book. Uh, so my dad's British and when I, and I, you know, all of his brothers and I have a lot of uncles that are British. And uh, when I first met Vernon, I went, these are the, this is an amalgam of all the worst qualities of a British dad. Like some of them are qualities that my dad doesn't have at all. Like the, but some of them are, are qualities that my dad has like a, a glimmer of and then others are just like so some of the ones that i that came across me immediately are just the the pompous authority like there's a lot of cultures where the father figure is supposed to have a certain level of authority but british culture and french culture it's like a very pompous authority that they have it's almost like they're they take on the mannerisms of a king but like a like a flamboyant King, like that kind of like, call the jester into my, like that kind of thing. And it, so that aspect of it sickened me. Um, and then there's also like a, there's just like an, a general obliviousness with British parents that is like, it's, it's not like it's par for the course. Like every British parent is oblivious but it's a thing that you see a lot in pop culture, whether it's like Monty Python or various other British, like, uh, art. And so he has that too, where
0: huh?
1: yeah, no, exactly, and yeah. So, fans out there. so he, he's like he embodies that to the fullest too.
0: When it came down to Vernon Dursley, he's one of those characters that he was written the same way that he looks. If that makes sense, the guy that they picked to play him was perfect. He had that, it was like if Carl Winslow from Family Matters was like just the exact opposite of what he was. Carl mm-hmm. Winslow's that fun-loving dad who really wants to take care of his family. And Vernon was that old, bitter guy that seemed it seemed like he was taking stuff out on Harry. Like he was jealous of something, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? It was the evil there and he had that thing. And I don't know if you guys have always been sensitive to this, but it's something that I've always had where people say words and phrases in a certain way, like the way the actor would deliver his lines to Harry in the movie, where he said, you'll not be going. There's a certain (laughs) way that like he enunciates where you can feel the venom in his words. I've always been like real sensitive to that ever since I was really little. Certain like facial expressions and just certain tones of voices. Vernon, whoever um, bought the actor the life, whoever bought the character the life in the movie, did a great job because it was right up there with umbrage with how much you detest this person and I always wondered was Petunia the way she was because she wanted to be or was she just trying to appease you know the will of her will of her guy because I couldn't tell sometimes where that hate was coming from and Petunia has her own problems of course but Vernon seemed to exasperate those problems like a lot Like, whatever the worst of Petunia was, he bought that out of her.
1: No, I I agree with you. And that actor, uh, Richard Griffiths, he's a really, really good actor. He's done, like, he does a lot of the Shakespearean theater in London, and he's done some other movies. He did a movie called History Boys that I would really recommend, really good movie. Um, One difference that um, I felt was Mm -hmm. in the book, I took, like, Vernon was scarier to me and it might be because oh, I read man. the books younger, but then seeing the movies, that actor does such a good job of playing the character as scary to Harry, but not to the audience of kids watching at home.
0: Yes, hundred percent facts. A hundred percent facts. Vernon was that he looked like that art teacher we would throw paper balls at. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like if he told me to be quiet, man, you you be quiet. You talking to? <laughs> one of those yeah but again even the juxtaposition of most people that look like that you expect on sight for them to be jolly right and for him to be the exact opposite of that i was really upset honestly when jk rowland didn't give him any type of redemption not that you can even redeem a character like that but i would have liked to have seen her try
1: yeah i agree with you i mean she redeems Dudley and Petunia and I think that Petunia was how she was because she was always trying to appease Dudley and Vernon like by proxy like I think she kind of threw herself into being Dudley's mom to distract herself from her jealousy of Lily from being Lily's sister there you go from being Lily's second exactly exactly. and I think that well what were you gonna okay so I think that she uh, if she doesn't have Dudley, then she's probably quicker to address the things Vernon does that bother her. And she probably has a completely different uh, situation in life.
0: Interesting. Really interesting. Because the, why, while you were saying that, I was thinking to myself, I wonder if she had Dudley just to be like, Lily ain't beating me. Lily had a kid. I can have a kid. You know what I'm saying? If she rushed things, if she made things go maybe too fast with Vernon. Do you think Vernon
1: really loved his wife though? I think Vernon loved her. But I think, I think that so Vernon, too. I think Vernon uh championed this idea of normalcy. It's almost like he was the opposite of what James was, and that's why Petunia chose him. Like he's the opposite in every way. He's risk averse. He's Uh, But he's also like, he's not very compassionate and interested in other people. Um, So
0: now, go ahead Well, I'm sorry, I cut you off.
1: I was just going to say like, not only does he have a couple of James's bad qualities inverted to be, I guess, more preferable, but he has all of James's good qualities inverted to be, and so that's all of his terrible qualities are the opposites of what James's good qualities are.
0: There, okay. So I'm gonna piggyback off that point. I agree with you, right? I think that um he does have a lot of the same qualities that James has. And I think it's, um if it, we might be seeing something here with the way that she wrote them, and of course we'll never know, this is all headcanon, but it might be one of those things where they're written that way purposely, right? Because if you mm-hmm. think about it, the 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 um, what are their last names? The Dursleys Dursleys. are almost the anti-Potters, right? Like if they would have went back, like you said, they share a lot of traits. James and Vernon, and we might get to know more about. I wish I we knew got to know more about Lily, but if her sister could end up like that, that means Lily had the potential to end up like that too. Mm -hmm. You get what I'm saying? Because I do think I really had the sinking suspicion that and i put this in the chat just now and i'm spitball maybe two minutes on this but i wonder if vernon was justified to be the way that he was towards harry when you consider he met in new james right because there's a lot of stuff we don't take into consideration because we don't have to as readers but this isn't abnormal Harry's situation isn't all that abnormal. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So there are people living that situation might not be as drastic as Harry, where it's, you know, as simple as, oh, their parents died and now they're staying with their aunt and uncle. It could be something a lot more um, tragic. It could be something just as tragic or it could be something a lot more simple. But when you go to stay with people sometimes, they don't always treat you right. So there's people that probably resonated with Harry Potter immediately because it's like, oh, I know it was like when I went to go stay with my cousins and they treated me bad, so on and so forth. But we never get that other side and he thought of, well, he met Harry's parents. Vernon got to meet James. And I hate James Potter, (laughs) right? James Potter insulted um, Vernon when they first met. Intentional, non-intentional, he insulted the man. Probably intentional,
1: right? Huh? Probably intentional. If Like, knowing
0: James... It could have been intentional. It 100% could have been intentional or not even intentional. You know how it is if you're a flashy person and sometimes you don't even mean to stun on somebody. (laughs) You just so used to talking that way. Mm -hmm. And that person goes, what? Well, fuck you. And then carries that hatred over to your son. Now, whose fault is that? Yeah. I personally think it's Vernon's fault, but. There's an argument that can be made and there's an argument that I can see. I don't I, no one's ever made it, but how the way they treated Harry was directly a result of that first meeting that they had. Yeah. Cuz imagine have imagine having to take Harry in. It's different if you chose it. Imagine having to do it like you're forced to do it.
1: And he was forced to do it by Dumbledore who's the embodiment of everything he dislikes. I mean, you know, if you're going to pick one character in Harry Potter and go, that guy's probably homophobic is probably Vernon.
0: Oh yeah. percent, hundred percent.
1: And Dumbledore is not exactly in the closet. <laughs> 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 I mean, I'm just saying Dumbledore is like, so you know, fun. he's sharing outfits with Elton John, like Dumbledore goes to your house and you're Vernon, and he's like, you gotta let this kid stay here, and you know, who's the your nephew who you hate his parents. Like mm-hmm. Dumbledore is the one twisting Vernon's arm and saying, basically, I'm as gonna fuck As he's also you twisting up. his <laughs> own
0: arm, as he's
1: <laughs> Look, Dumbledore he has to stay here. Exactly, exactly, and Vernon, it's kind of like like Vernon, I think would have responded better to being bossed around by Hagrid than by Dumbledore because at it, least it, it would have made sense in his brain. Well, well, because him and
0: Hagrid had the same body type, but more so, less that, <laughs> imagine if it were you. Imagine if it were you. The one thing that you don't want to do. A lot of people, look, I don't want kids right now. I want kids in the future. I don't want kids right now, right? If somebody knocked on my door wearing an embroidered robe and I open <laughs> it and it's, <laughs> yeah. A kid <laughs> with an N on his forehead. I'm talking about, yo, uh, yeah, he yours now. Huh? Nah, okay. I'm, I'm cool, G. No, no, you don't really have a choice. I beg your pardon? man. he just claps
1: worse. and all of the things in your house attack you? They,
0: right, they just yeah. on fire. You remember what, what Dumbledore is a jackass. He set like a, a, um, a closet on fire when he went to go meet Tom Riddle for, for no reason. Just set it ablaze yeah.
1: to show him he could do magic. You could have just lifted something, bro. No, Dumbledore, Dumbledore likes intimidating people.
0: <laughs> Dumbledore just went in there stunting Dumbledore. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, if um if Vernon really is homophobic, I bet Dumbledore went over there and just like scared that motherfucker to death. Like, all right, you don't want Harry, I'm gonna snap my fingers. You're gonna get close and closer to kissing me until you say
1: yes. <laughs> I mean, Dumbledore, man. I wouldn't put shit like that past him. Like, Dumbledore is somebody... Dumbledore, Dumbledore's, Dumbledore's also how bad you want it. Let's see. I mean, it's right funny. now there's Dumbledore. the listener going, Dumbledore wouldn't do that. Dumbledore let three kids get paralyzed by the basilisk before he let a seventh grader... Before or he left graders. his
0: office, bro.
1: <laughs> yeah, he didn't even... <laughs> he was like, look, three kids almost died, but let's let these two fifth graders try to figure it out. Bro, need- Dumbledore
0: was in his office watching them. niggas get para- pe- petrified, going, pussies. Yeah, <laughs> he like- ass kids. This is why we can't never win the the Tournament. <laughs> Y'all out here getting paralyzed by snakes. I've been walking this school for hundreds of years, almost thousands. I ain't never been paralyzed. I looked the Basilisk straight in his eyes with Fox on my shoulder. Y'all out here getting paralyzed. Because <laughs> <laughs> it always killed me that he was always just him and McGonagall. They would just stroll upon the scene and it's like, yo, how do y'all, how are y'all more powerful than everybody? And it still takes you five minutes to get to the scene of the crime.
1: I mean, there's an argument that Dumbledore just lets, let shit go left. He's like, he's like, look, these kids, a few of them might die, you know, but. Was Vernon justified
0: for how he treated Harriet? Absolutely, absolutely not. Absolutely, yes, or area of shaded gray. Max, I'm what gonna, you think? Yeah, go for it.
2: Um, I think it's probably gray, just because it did work out at the end. Uh, okay. And like, I'm not saying like the ends justify the means, but if uh, if if he saw all the chess moves way ahead of time and knew that it still would end with. Harry defeating Baltimore. It's funny. He, like,
1: well. he, he made Harry, who was in fourth grade at the time, tell people I'm going to St. Jude's School for Wayward Boys. Like he made him just tell relatives, like, oh yeah, I'm going to juvie next summer. Like that. <laughs> or next fall, like, I don't know. I'm gonna go with all the way not okay. Because I think that Vernon was just taking his day out on the kid every day. And more importantly, if you're saying that Harry's not really... Like, if you go, okay, well, his only responsibility is to keep Harry alive. His main responsibility is to Dudley. He was a shit example for Dudley. Like, if you're going to look at it through the prism of raising Dudley, Petunia doesn't get an F-. minus. Like, she gets, like, a C- minus because she's trying to hold it together. But uh, Vernon gets an F because he enables Dudley, and he also does this shit bullying thing with Harry that's like a really bad example for Dudley.
0: 100%. And I'm I'm gonna agree with Will and then make an argument for why he could have been justified. So I agree with you wholeheartedly that there's not really a case you can make to that being appropriate for how he raised Harry just because Harry didn't do anything to you. And if I got a magical nephew, guess what? (laughs) (laughs) Everybody wanna know. Everybody. If my nephew killed the most famous dark wizard on earth, I'm walking into the country club. You weak nephew-having motherfuckers. Y'all know Dumbledore. nothing about good nephews.
1: My Dumbledore nephew would be showing up. Car Dumbledore would be showing up trying to drag your nephew out of there. You're like holding on to his ankle. Like, one more Patronus.
0: Dumbledore would have killed me. I'd I'd be holding my nephew screaming spells.
1: Hey, it's Spat, You can't have <laughs> I've been winning the lottery every week. You cannot ask it. <laughs> no, You'd, no, be, you'd have the only
0: with, with a oh, Dude, my God.
1: You you would be like in the library, like going home teaching your ten year old Imperious. <laughs>
0: yes. Bro, Jeff Bezos would be wiring us money every six
1: seconds. <laughs> yeah, you, know, you would like have sleeves if you had a...
0: A magical nephew, the most famous person, and it's like, yo, y'all, y'all look trash. Y'all didn't want to experience it once. You thought that Harry was the most famous wizard. Like, yo, yo, you didn't want to hang with him. Like, yeah. I was Dudley. That would After I found out Harry was the most famous wizard ever, I, I would completely stop being bad to my cousin. Like, year one,
1: mm-hmm. it's all I
0: would have wanted to talk about. So when it comes to the way that Vernon, um raised Harry I think there's no one justification for that but also oh and to what Max said about it all working out I don't agree I don't agree that it all worked out because I think the parts of Harry Potter's personality that have the biggest fucking holes in them comes directly from those relationships Harry yeah. not being a good dad, when you think about it, you look at the Child, fam, really look at it and consider what male was he most like in the house. It wasn't Arthur Weasley.
1: We're gonna a dumb girl. Say, Would you say Vernon? I would say Lupin, but Vernon's a close second. I would say Lupin, dog.
0: Think about how he talked to his kid.
1: Mm-hmm. It was like he
0: a like he was this giant stress on him. And it's like, yo, you made the kid, Harry. Mm-hmm. You made the kid. Why are you talking to your kid the way Vernon spoke? Oh, shit. Yeah. Oh, shit. Because yeah. you realize none of the other male influences in Harry's life. He doesn't even really sound like them. He's speaking to so,
1: um Albus. Is that his name? Scorpius
0: was. Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah, he had Albus and uh, James. I was in James.
0: So when he was speaking to him, like he was annoying him, that he was his problem that was placed on him is very similar to how Vernon spoke to Harry in like that first and second book, at least for what we've seen in the movies. No, I'm lying, not first, second book, the third book. Like, look, you're getting on my nerves, you're in my way. it's like, Harry, that shouldn't even be you. But then again, yes, it should considering what you were raised with i think if you look at um the things that make petunia and vernon complicated it makes harry potter the parent make a lot more sense it makes him make a lot more sense
1: yeah i I agree with you about that i think that's one of the problems that comes out of him being with Ginny is like Ginny kind of takes all of the weasley good qualities for granted more so than the other weasleys i think just because she's the youngest and like it was all there by the time she shows up. Like the big family, all that stuff. So Ginny doesn't really teach Harry any of the great, like in Cursed Child, you don't see any of the great Weasley camaraderie in that household.
0: You weren't going to get that anyway, though, because Harry doesn't understand that.
1: Harry, so didn't Bill and come. Floor have it
0: well bro think about what you just said bill and Fleur, molly weasley was a loving mom arthur weasley was a loving dad the whole time harry got no love for 12 years though now if you and you and your wife are together if y'all just stopped sleeping with each other like for the rest of your everything shit would change if there is no love Harry got no love for 12 years. You know how different that relationship was? No, longer than 12 years. I'm sorry, because he had to stay with um the Dursleys until he was of age. Yeah. So now, imagine going from... Harry was literally an emotional light bulb getting switched on and off for, like, five years of his life after having to click off for most of his life.
1: That was That yeah. was another crazy thing, was, like, Harry had no friends at school either. It was literally... Dude, Harry should have turned out just like Tom Riddle, if you think Harry about it. Harry should
0: have. Oh man, that should have been. We say it all the time. That dynamic should have been pulled to couldn't have been pulled anymore. But yeah. I really resonate with that side of Harry, believe it or not. Because coming up, I'm I, I'm not the most socialized person. You know what I'm saying? I didn't go to um, what they call that shit? I didn't go to pre-K. None of that. I actually like to avoid people for most of my life, up until maybe, what, early adolescence? If you weren't family, i you know, we care for fuck. Give me my space, I'll give you yours, if you're cool and cool, but you know, shit, I'd much rather just go home and be by myself. So I wonder, that type of, um, am not saying Harry Potter is that, but he seems similar, like that closed off only child. And it's not that he was alone, but he couldn't really connect with the people that he was around. So when you look at the dad he became and you look at who that directly parallels, it makes me think, I wonder what Vernon's um I wonder if um Vernon's childhood was similar to Harry's at all. Yeah. Because it was almost too vicious. And even with Dudley, he tried so hard and still failed.
1: Yeah. Getting
0: like Vernon ended up in that household, Vernon ended up being the most um the most wrong of everybody. He ended up being the most wrong. If if Petunia was um like Snake, you know what I'm saying, who she was yeah, bad at first, so we thought they had her redemption art. He's umbrage. Yeah, know what I'm saying he's umbrage, it's like, uh yeah, morally you can't come back. So final thoughts on this, we'll go to the uh next question that Max put in.
1: No, I think that that's exactly right. I think he is Umbridge. Petunia's Snape. She's close to Snape. Um, and then I think Dudley. There's some Draco parallels, but he's also... I mean, yeah, he's also got Krabby and Goyle parallels, too. He's like a blend of Draco, Krabby, and Goyle in one person. 100%. Ooh, that's fine. Max, are you about to say something,
2: Yeah, I had... Uh... I uh, I was I thought you were because you were still talking about Dumbledore. I thought it was if everything Dumbledore did was in the gray, um. So yeah. I would switch it over to I I agree that I don't think it was uh, uh, yeah. those things. But the one other thing I did think of at the beginning of this when we were talking about Hagrid, is uh, I think there's a world like a spinoff where uh, uh, what is it Dursley and uh, Hagrid are uh, like college roommates.
0: Oh man, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because you know what's crazy?
2: Outside
0: of that particular situation with Hagrid and Vernon, I think they would get along great otherwise.
2: I think they would drink. Yeah. I think Hagrid would be like oh, you ever eat you dragon. He'd be like, yes. try this fucking meat. <laughs> try this yes. weird animal.
1: Dude Vernon and, nobody and would Vernon would love it. they have to
2: they'd have to put up spells to keep
0: Vernon out of Hagrid's hut.
1: Dude Vernon and Petunia would both Love magic, and if Love and it. Dudley, if if Harry had just brought back some magical candy for Dudley after book one, they would have been tight after that. I, I oh think there are my. muggles that exist that are better off not having magic in their life, but the you, Dursleys aren't them.
0: You just blew my mind, dog. Not only are you right, but you're so right. And mind you, a kid should never have to think this hard. A kid should never have yeah. to. Think this hard. So you know, not, nothing on Harry, but. Do you yes.
1: chocolate frogs Dudley would eat?
0: <laughs> Vern, it's like, yo, if,
1: oh, wow,
0: wow. Okay.
1: But so you know I whose have... fault it is? You know whose fault it is? It's James's for being an asshole. Because if the Dursley's introduction <laughs> to magic had been at the hands nice. of Dursley Shacklebolt, they would have loved the shit.
0: <laughs> well, if that's the case, it's Snake's fault. Because Snake was the one that was rude to Petunia and got all bent out of shape about that's magic true. You know
1: what but I'm look, saying? remember when Kingsley is hanging out with the Dursleys? They love him. They're like, "Oh, yeah. we like that guy."
0: Yes, hundred percent. And and now see, it it go it goes to this right. And I'm to agree with you what you said about James. But sometimes when you offend people, you can't take it back. You know what I'm saying? Lily had already offended Petunia directly or indirectly and I don't think Lily ever meant to, right? And you think to yourself, well, I don't even think Hermione's parents came to Hogwarts, but why not bring Petunia along
1: with you? Just to That's see interesting. Just you to know see what? It. That's why you need to be Minister of Magic, because I think it's illegal to bring muggle relatives to Hogwarts, and it shouldn't be. And it shouldn't be
0: because you don't you don't get it would have been much better if they would have did full orientation of hey look we're gonna take harry as far away from you motherfuckers as possible right all we need y'all to do is this for this reason treat him like a person he's not his father he's not quite his mother treat him like a person or why not just let Hagrid take care of Harry Harry and the husband Yeah it's right there is that
1: is that me? I mean, there's an argument that the only thing I would say counter argument to that is Hogwarts seems to be just about the most dangerous place. I
0: mean, it, it might be very dangerous, right? But if the if the
1: all right, you this is some... Hagrid would let Aragog babysit for Harry. <laughs> <laughs> a a six foot spider just like tucking Harry in. But
0: Aragog wouldn't hurt Harry if. It was if that was the interaction.
1: That's true. The
0: only reason he wanted to hurt Harry was like, hey, bro, uh, I know you said you Hagrid's friend and all that shit. But...
1: He was jealous. He was just like Petunia. He's like, you stole my friend from me. Aragog was jealous of all those Hagrid-Harry minutes.
0: Yes, and, ha- and Aragog was rightfully jealous because Aragog don't know you. I don't know you. I ain't never met you. You said you Hagrid's friend. Sure, but a lot of people say that in these woods, dog.
1: <laughs> you're defending I'm a Hagrid okay.
0: People know that I'm Hagrid's spider now, yeah. Everybody meet me Keep telling me how cool they are with Hagrid Except I don't smell Hagrid on
1: nothing Dude if I was a wizard And I found myself in a situation Where a magical beast was about to attack me I'd just be like "You, yeah, I'm friends with Hagrid <laughs>
0: I Would only say a lot of As many times as I can to kill that thing. Get away from me
1: Nemo, you're ripping your
0: asunder. I don't care. I don't like spiders. Get it away from me. Actually, a <laughs> I mean, can kill them. I think that spell is Naradia x Oh
1: yeah. Yeah. I think that's
0: what it is. Um, so Max put a question in here, right? That I want us all to think about. Did it work out? Like honestly, when we think about it, the raising of Harry Potter, Vernon Dursley, and all that, did it work out? Whoever wants to take it
1: well I think that Harry was raised to be a hero which is not the same as raising somebody to be a happy healthy member of society and I think Dumbledore was at the forefront of that like everything that Harry did it so I don't know how much of like a helicopter parent we want Dumbledore McGonagall to be but a good teacher could have squashed that beef between Draco and Harry at least by book two, like very early. I mean, Krabby and Goyle are psychopaths. That's probably not saving, but like they kind of let Draco ruin his own life so that he can be a slight obstacle that Harry can practice against. So...
0: I, I even, like, I, I, you're right, right? You shouldn't be. So by that, I mean... I never liked you. I didn't understand why Dumbledore let that happen because I'm, I'm and a big one of Snape too. Enough. Yeah. Well, Snape kind of makes sense, but it's like y'all let ha- y'all let Draco ruin his life. But this is the ridiculous thing. Dumbledore then goes in book um, six. I can't let that boy's soul be ripped apart. You've let him rip his soul apart year mm-hmm. after year after year before you even getting to this point. Y'all sacrificed Draco just like you sacrificed Harry. So let's talk about it. When we talk about Draco, right, and we still gonna get to this thing of did it all work out. The thing you said about Harry being raised as a hero, Draco was raised as a cog in the machine.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Draco never really got a chance to have any identity until after the war, and did he really even get to carve out anything after that because he only got to be what they told him he was, and then after that, you got to be who he say you are. Did Draco Malfoy ever get the chance to really be himself? And do I think it all worked out? I think it worked out for the world. I don't think it worked out for Harry James Potter as a person. I think personally, he suffers from not being able to connect all the way, and every time he does connect, they're harsh connections. Like, he has to electrify himself before getting that plug in that socket. And I don't know if that's always a good thing because, no, I don't think Jenny is a relationship where Harry Potter's going to be the most happy. But when you think about it, is that character supposed to be happy? Or is Harry Potter himself a picture of a broken picture?
1: Well, I think that, um, yeah, I think that's a really interesting question. I think with Harry, the big issue is that he spent so much of his time at Hogwarts, I would argue, books three I mean, through seven. Yeah, Fighting, trying to strive towards conquering this one big goal. And then once you conquer it, how do you keep going? Yeah, yeah. And I think that with Harry, he he should have chosen his career more carefully. I guess in Cursed Child, he's an auror. Mm. But yeah, I mean, I think that in a world where he's really pursuing Quidditch or teaching Quidditch or if he's working at Hogwarts, I think that's where he could start to feed the other parts of him. But by being an Auror, he's he's like doubling down on that goal oriented, like short term solve the case, beat the bad guy identity. Mm-hmm.
0: All uh, right. So, do I think it all worked out? I think that it ended up as good as it could be for multiple parties. For Harry Potter himself, I don't think it worked out. I think Harry Pop- Harry James Potter, is a living um, it's a living question mark. To where I don't think we'll ever know if he's really happy. We'll just know that he's trying to be.
1: Yeah. So now I think, let's
0: go ahead.
1: I think it could work out in the future. I think that. One thing that we shouldn't underestimate is Hermione and Ron are theoretically a great support system, even though in Cursed Child it kind of puts them in the worst light possible. And I would mm-hmm. say that Hagrid, great support system as well. And McGonagall, especially after the events of the Battle of Hogwarts, she I would say she's, she's more likely to grow from the Battle of Hogwarts than maybe any other character because now she's coming face-to-face with what it means to kind of try to solve things in the short term. Like McGonagall always wants the best case scenario for what's going on right in front of her. We've Mm -hmm. talked about this, but the battle of Hogwarts is a real example of what happens when you just keep kicking that can down the road and you have to deal with it eventually. Yeah.
0: And think about that. That was most of Harry's life. What the battle of Hogwarts, Awards was really Harry's life over and over and over mm-hmm. and over again. Imagine your adolescence being filled with that much death. Imagine your yeah. adolescence being filled with you looking at class pictures and putting X's over that many people's faces and then knowing that it was all done for you. Whew. Now imagine being the person that's obsessed with that person, Draco. Character analysis, y'all. we done Draco before. But in your time, what what's something new that you feel about Draco that you didn't feel when we started the podcast and we talk, when we talked about this character a year or a year and some change?
1: I guess just Draco's potential, like Draco's potential to be a great wizard, to be a good person. All of these things are stepped on because I think that a lot of characters adults see Draco's progression as a foregone conclusion that's like he's always going to be kind of like a Lucius light like that kind of a thing Mm -hmm. and uh, I look at it like if, and especially with us knowing that Snape is good or striving to be good throughout the series Mm -hmm. um, he really had an obligation to Draco that he didn't fulfill I mean you look at his relationship with Narcissa and him taking the unbreakable oath, partially for Dumbledore, but partially for Draco. Like at any point he could have pulled Draco aside and been like, look, I like you, but you've got to admit your dad's an asshole and you don't have to live your life to impress this guy. And he didn't do that because he didn't want to blow his cover or whatever. He doesn't have that in him. But I would argue Snape let Draco down. More than even Dumbledore let Harry or Draco down. Whoa, go into it. I just think that Snape um, has been in shoes similar to Draco's in a little bit of a different capacity. I mean, he didn't have like the the nepotism element, but Snape was probably the second most talented wizard.
0: I was say he might not have
1: had nepotism, but when you're that talented,
0: it's yeah. not nepotism because it's not coming from your family, but you get regarded. You get, him or Lily. You get
1: him and Lily were probably the two most talented witches or wizards from Dumbledore to Hermione. It's like those two. Those are the four top magical people. Oh, and Voldemort. You gotta you can't leave Voldemort out. People will get mad at you online. <laughs> I, I mean it's all good. You just left out McGonagall, so whatever. I no, I I am doubling no, down. I, I... <laughs> I thought about McGonagall. I I forgot <laughs> about Voldemort. It's all good, Uh, but I remembered McGonagall, and I think all four of those people are better at magic than McGonagall. I would be more inclined to put Kingsley Shacklebolt in that group over McGonagall. Fair, fair,
0: fair. but yeah, I I think you're just downplaying because she's a lady Uh, now.
1: I think I'm just, you know, I I could be convinced to put McGonagall in that group. I just think that, you know, she's she's so. She, she takes a backseat to Dumbledore in terms of magic. Like she never goes, "Hey, Dumbledore, I can, I can do this better than, You know, like when Dumbledore turns off all the lights and stuff. I feel like Lily or Hermione or Snape, it, they do something equally magical, just to be like, "Hey, Dumbledore, you're not the only one that can do magic." But McGonagall right. never does stuff like that.
0: But keep going into how, because I I love that whole thing on how homie, like, failed Malfoy.
1: Yeah, so Snape was in the same position as Malfoy being, like, the most known Slytherin of his year, which is a really difficult position to be in, because if you think about what a Slytherin is, somebody who their best skill is being able to get close up to somebody else and, like, you know, kind of sharing the spotlight with them or... You know who we've never sorted but is like a best-case scenario for a Slytherin kind of is somebody like Paul Mooney that finds oh. the most talented artist in the That'd history of America and then goes, hey, I can uh, accentuate your good qualities by just adding my skill set to the mix. Like that's like a Slytherin. I mean they say on Pottermore that Merlin from King Arthur, he was a Slytherin. Like – yeah. But being that famous as a Slytherin actually hurts because, you know, everybody's looking at Draco like, are are you really gonna I mean, initially Draco wants to like saddle up to Harry, but it's just tough to do that in a graceful way with that much spotlight on him.
2: Yeah. Well that's kind of my takeaway, is that I mean, we're just presented Draco as that he's just like A brat and like a dick and all these things. And those are true. Um, but it does start with him being like uh uh wanting to be friends with uh friends with Harry. And there there is a world where it's like, um what if uh what if they are friends? Like that changes
1: changes uh, everything.
2: That changes everything. I mean uh Because there's no
1: world oh go for it, sorry. I was gonna say
2: Harry. Like not shaking his hand and kind of brushing him off as the bad guy, I think really sets him down the path where he like is set up to almost kill Dumbledore. I don't know. Yeah. If he if Harry shakes his hand and is just like, I mean, you know, you're it, again, it's like putting a lot on like an eleven year old. But if Harry had been able to
1: Harry didn't him, do anything wrong though. No. Draco came at him like a dick, but an adult should have fixed the situation and been like why are you kids acting like mafiosos?
2: <laughs> yeah, but if, if Harry at some point and a teacher could have, but if Harry had bridged the gap even between Malfoy and Ron, I think that changes everything. Does Definitely. that even like does I'm that good. trickle over to um, Lucius? Is he like, oh, if my no. son is now like good friends? You think that's just no way? <laughs> so I think part. it makes
0: Lucius a little bit more um, combative against Voldemort actually, because I don't think. Man of Draco become and, and that's what I'm saying. If Draco and Harry become friends, think about how complicated of a story that makes it because
1: Voldemort might kill Draco. So yeah, this is me, maybe maybe this is too disparaging of Lucius Malfoy. I think mm-hmm. if Draco and Harry became friends, Lucius Malfoy would choose Voldemort over Draco. And I think Narcissa that. would that choose that. Draco over over Voldemort. And I think they get a divorce.
0: He's gonna lose wifey. No, no, it, I don't think it's gonna be that simple. I don't think it's gonna be that simple because, um, we, do, do we realize the narcissistic, narcissistic killed Voldemort? We realize that, right? Yeah, true. You know what I'm saying? Like the Malfoys don't get a lot of credit, but they killed Voldemort. Actually, they, they killed Voldemort twice because Draco killed Voldemort by giving Harry the Elder Wand un- unbeknownst to him. And then Narcissist, just on some mother shit was like um you know this whole pure blood shit like sounded cool in my teens but <laughs> there's oh, an oh that's a dope. okay I'm going to put that down as a question um but anyway when it comes down to it I think um Max, you're 100% right if that Ron and um Draco bridge is built it changes everything because if you get a uh, Malfoy that understands the Weasleys and Harry Potter. Imagine how big that makes Draco's world, and also he's taking Hermione, like no question.
1: Yeah, no, for sure, he's, he's getting Hermione. So Harry. that that, yeah, no, you're 100 right. So I think he that there's
0: like <laughs> around 16 <laughs> years old, dog.
1: There's no world where Harry and Ron aren't friends, but there is a world where Draco is part of that group. And it, it does change everything. I mean, then you got the question of would Ron turn on Draco when Draco got Hermione? Because that would be a whole thing, too.
0: Mm, who would Ron become?
1: Who yeah.
2: Would Ron become? Or how Draco would react to Victor Crumb.
1: <laughs> Draco would just share Hermione with Victor Crumb. He'd be like, you take her...
0: Draco would just drop money on Victor dog. though. <laughs> like, Hermione... I mean, Fuck look, look, look what I can do. <laughs> and just drop a barrel of cash on his on head. Because I feel like Lucius, even though Lucius wouldn't be with him being um Harry's friend, until Voldemort comes back, I don't see Lucius fighting it. Remember, Lucius is like, yo, befriend that kid.
1: What and about see- if he was dating Hermione though? Lucius would not be cool with that
0: he wouldn't have anything to say, bro. You marry. You know what it is. You shut up. Wifey gets to make those decisions. You can speak, but if wifey love that kid more than she love you, whatever you say don't even matter.
1: I just you- don't think that Lucius cares as much about Draco as we're giving him credit for. I think he cares about Narcissa a lot, but I think he would torpedo that whole household if he thought, especially early Lucius, who has all this pride and goofiness, you know. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm right there with you. And you know what?
0: Saving Lucius here, the topic, Draco, because again, watch. And you know what? You're right. Dr- Lucius probably would just kamikaze shit, but I, I see narcississa killing
1: him. You know no, know for real. Like or trying would, to. I mean, he would call Hermione a mudblood at Thanksgiving, and that would be a whole. And Draco shit.
0: would kamikaze the whole shit
1: yeah Draco yeah there would and be a lot of sudden <laughs> and
0: get close to Hermione Ron would get jealous they'd end up fighting having to get Ron back blah, 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 blah.
1: yeah they would have yeah. you know Harry Draco and Hermione would have to set Ron up with somebody because he would just be so just depressed and
0: I don't think so I don't I truly don't think so I feel like that would last momentarily because I think you'd be able to tell that chemistry from
1: from jump. Oh, yeah, so you think Ron never even falls for Hermione because it's just huh. so telegraphed Hermione and Draco? 100%. 100%,
0: well, and I think they all fight like brothers would as opposed to uh, like people that hate each other. I think it would start that way.
2: What book did. do you think it would be most likely to have that friendship form? Oh, um, first book. You, you think just right, off the, right from the jump?
0: Right from the jump, because that's actually how... Ha- the way that they... They met each other and even the interaction that they had is kind of how like those remedial first friendships are made. Mm-hmm.
1: I'll give you I'll agree with you a hundred percent on the first book, but if you ask me this the second most likely situation, I'm gonna say book five.
0: Book five, okay.
1: I'm gonna say that after Goblet of Fire, Cedric Diggory's dead, uh Harry starting Dumbledore's army. I agree. Draco finds out about it. And Harry goes, hey, man, who who do you want to fight for? Do you want to fight for Death Eaters and Dementors? Or do you want to fight for the kids at Hogwarts? And I think that if he said that to Draco, away from Krabby and Goyle, and away from everybody, Draco will be like, yeah, maybe I do want... Like, you got to remember, Draco just spent the last summer with Fenrir Greyback. Like, he's seeing these fucking psychos for who they really are. yes.
0: But imagine no,
1: how how coming over to his house. Yeah.
0: Imagine how dope that would have been, Draco having to play those two rules to the middle. Draco having to take of classes with Harry. Yeah. Like
1: all Draco would have got killed, man. All That's...
0: those dope Bonnie moments. I don't think he would have got killed. I think it would have made his character a lot more important. Because imagine you know what? If you make if you do this to Draco, Draco has to become a main character though. Because yeah. he's like he... a spy. He's on the inside,
1: because now you have somebody that knows all of this, and Draco is no idiot, Dude, man. He's like a, a 14-year-old spy. He's like Agent Cody Banks. He's like <laughs> Severus Snape. Yeah, but he's like 15. Yeah. And he's doing uh-huh. the exact same job Snape is... You got to remember, Snape's taking his day out on Neville almost every day. Like, he's crumbling other, under the stress of his job. Draco started crying because he had to give a like a cursed necklace to a friend of Dumbledore. Like yes. it's an insane amount of stress we're putting Snape, on him. Snape was going forward knowing Harry was
0: gonna have to die soon. Meanwhile, Draco's shit, like you said, he can't even do what he had to do to Dumbledore.
1: So we think that Draco could handle all of that stress?
0: I think Draco can handle all that stress if he has proper friends. I think the reason, he cr- imagine fighting somebody you don't really hate.
1: Yeah, okay, I, keep, I, I'm with you. You keep
0: realizing, I don't dislike this person as much as I'm acting like I do.
1: I'll give you another wrinkle in that same vein. If Snape and Lupin really become good friends at some point before book one, I think Snape is nice to Harry from day one.
0: I think he's nice to Harry from day one, and also I don't think he gets Lupin fired, even though I know the job yeah. is cursed. But, like, that was, a, that was a whole move. That was a whole, whole move. And the fact that
1: Dumbledore let it happen is a whole, whole move. So if Snape doesn't get Lupin fired since the job's cursed, is there, like, something where a fucking computer with, like, porn floats into Lupin's office during his review? Like, how is Lupin getting fired if it's not through Snape? I, I, I don't know. Maybe
0: he maybe a full moon happens while he's teaching
1: and he just eats one of the kids. I don't know. <laughs> I don't he know. Maybe knows, by maybe.
0: for him to get fired.
1: <laughs> but that, wait,
0: people don't know the job is
1: cursed? I mean, I think they do, but I think that speaks to the ego of basically every defense against the Dark, dark. Like, think about them. They're all egomaniacs besides Lupin. Even though Lupin is like Lupin has some things going on, but like Quirrell egomaniac, Lockhart egomaniac, um, Umbridge egomaniac, egomaniac. Mad-Eye Moody, you can be on the fence, but I would say Mad-Eye Moody shouldn't have taken the job knowing he was like past his like cognizant prime. And then Barty Crouch Jr. definitely an egomaniac. Uh, Snape not an egomaniac, but like Snape was more of a martyr. Like Snape Mm -hmm. knew that it was going to go bad.
2: If you
0: guys can hear the sirens in the background, that's just because they know the Sapphire podcast. So,
2: <laughs> do we? Oh, I, I think we do. Do we have any idea who was the Defense Against the Dark Arts teacher year seven? That's like never said, is it? The Carols. Oh, yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah, the Alecchio
0: and that other dude.
1: Oh, I have yeah. one last Draco question, and then maybe we should we can wrap this up or sort one more person or something. <laughs> yeah, I'm okay. down. Who's your favorite Draco? What book is your favorite Draco?
0: Last book. Last book is my favorite Draco. Because you get to see somebody really break down and have to find their salvation, right? And I think Draco had the most honest character arc of every character in Harry Potter. I think Draco's probably been through the most because unlike Harry, he knows what it's like to have parents. He knows what it's like to lose his parents to the system. And he knows what it's like to have your Imagine having your father get killed while he's alive. As far as like Harry still at least respects James. I don't yeah. think Draco can do that.
1: Yeah. You
0: know what I'm saying? I don't think Draco can respect Lucius. For I course. think he has to see his father is this like you know like when you take a if you eat mussels, the seafood, and you take it out of the um out of the shell and just the shell is left and we look at the shells like, oh this shit is worthless. That's Lucius' mouth. So imagine <laughs> having to live with that. Imagine having to live knowing that your people were cool. Bro, they killed the home homegirl on your table. You gotta live with that. There's some shit Harry didn't just didn't have to see. There's certain levels of brutality that he didn't have to hold in. Draco had to hold in all that. Harry got to be emotional. Draco don't get to be emotional.
1: Yeah. I
0: mean, imagine going home and the Dark Lord is in your house. Fuck living in your head. He's in your house.
1: Every time Draco sees Bill Weasley, like he goes, "Oh, I let Fenrir Greyback into Hogwarts, and sliced that guy's face got sliced up because of it." Yeah, yeah. Now that's,
0: that's
1: not- I- book seven. Draco is underrated. I didn't even think about that. My top Draco is book one. Draco, I like happy, cocky Draco who's really funny and low stakes. Yeah, and he's threatening. He's challenging people to duels and not showing up. That's my favorite Draco.
0: Did you notice that he never changed, though? And this is what I'm saying. It never stopped being anything more than mischief with Draco. Even when he went bad, it never stopped being anything more than mischief. Like Domodoro said, he's like, uh, these are assassination attempts. Uh, too weak to even call them weak. <laughs> like, like, Dumbledore, you remember Domodoro was talking cash shit when, when it got to the end? Domodoro was like, uh, look, fam, I haven't been around long. And people would have been trying to kill me for a long time. And of all the people that tried to kill me, you were worse. you were the absolute worst
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> That was the worst demeanor, bro. So I feel like Draco never got any more brutal than um really than his words. And I think especially in the movies, Tom Felton carried that. You know, that, that character was just walking around with like a clock tower full of water in his back and shit in um, that said, I'm not gonna take any personal responsibility away from Draco, unlike, he's the dark side of the moon. He's Harry, you know what I'm saying? But the other side, if he lost his best friends, uh, Crab or Goy, would Crab Goyle die, you know what I'm saying? Then the other one got recasted, so it was hard for him. You know yeah. what I'm saying, it was hard for him. So for that reason, um, yeah, I think Draco's probably the most complete tragic character, and I think he had a better, more understanding ending than Harry did.
1: Max, who's your favorite Draco?
2: Um. I really like book six Draco. I like falling apart, crazy, little, <laughs> like love, sleep, little sleep peep deprived. Draco. <laughs> yeah, I like sleep deprived, crazy Draco, where he's like, he's just like, he looks like he's on drugs. He's like letting, he's like experimenting with the closet that's like, uh, to let people in, that he's just kind of, yeah. he's really just doing his own thing in that one. And it's just, I like that, uh, he gets all the way to the final moment and like can't do it so i just i love i love all that right all the build up to find,
0: find out hey bro you really you really a good guy
2: yeah he can't kill dumbledore can't he, can, kill, uh, he can't kill
0: anyone and he, i think he,
2: yeah go ahead, Max. i also like that he uh i just like that it sets it up in that one i love the whole uh he uh disarmed dumbledore so he's actually the owner I like that that little seed was planted. And I like that he didn't know it either. Yeah, he doesn't know it, and it's completely overshadowed by, like, Dumbledore's death. It's like, why would anyone think anything of that?
0: Yo, that happens so many times. Yo, Draco's really the plug, man. This will be the last thing we can end this.
2: Draco is really
0: the plug. Because when you think about it, everything that ended up helping Harry was directly because of Draco Malfoy. <laughs> so whether he wanted to be or not, Draco is unofficially the fourth member of the squad,
1: fam. Yeah,
0: unofficially, whether it was growing Harry up, whether it was making him see the other side, and he's the only person that bought out that almost Voldemort-like brutality from Harry in the um fifth book with um no in the sixth book with second Snape and all that. So, fellas, I don't even think we need to sort
2: of anybody else. Where are we on time, Max? Um. <laughs> like an hour nine minutes about. Sorry, Ladies and gentlemen, thank you all so much
0: for what episode of the Quarantine Series of the Potterhood Podcast? Twenty eight. Twenty eight. Now I want you guys to keep in mind that Thanksgiving this year falls on the twenty sixth. This is the twenty eighth episode. Hopefully, you'll get this on Thanksgiving and. We here at the Potterhood Podcast are thankful to have listeners like you to reach out, say the nice things that you do, and that talk to us so well. Let the people that we're thankful for, let them know where they can find you.
1: You can find me on Instagram at Will Poznan, And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really thankful for all of the nice things that uh, you guys have said about the podcast and uh, just thankful that you guys are listening and enjoying it. There you go
2: max marcus where can they find you uh
1: they can find
2: me on all social media max marcus comedy instagram twitter tiktok if they want to um check out the the max cast podcast um and i'm just grateful that this has been like a consistent thing to do during uh, a weird rocky time
0: 100 percent um, if you all want to find me, you can find me on Instagram at Nico White93. That is at N E K H I T E ninety three. Find me on Twitter at Nico underscore white ninety-three. And you can find me on this new little app called Rizzle. And my name on there is just Nico White, N E K O W H I T E. I have an album out titled Marcellus, M-A-R-S-C-E-L-L-U S. You can find that on iTunes. I have a new goddamn project coming out soon. It's titled Dark Out. And ladies and gentlemen, I only have one more edit to do. I'm just waiting on my guy to send pawn to send along the very last edit, and then I can have this shit done instead of release date. And like everybody else, I'm grateful and thankful that we've been able to, A, keep the podcast up in this super weird time, and B, be able to connect. You know what I'm saying? When we started the Potterhood, who knew that it would, A, go this long, or B, be as strong as it is. So we thank y'all more than anything. We hope that you and your families are safe, please, for the love of fucking God. If you don't have to go, anywhere on thanksgiving make your fucking food and stay home all right we like having y'all alive if we notice our numbers going down we're gonna assume it's motherfucker's <laughs> dying so keep your mask on stay safe i'm nico white i'm will posnan our producer's name is Matts marcus this is the Potterhood podcast will on three one two three, three. mischief man